when the top of the grill is down and the vents are closed, fire doesn't have a chance to breathe. When you open up these grills, that's why you open your grill slowly. You don't just put the top open. You're going to be missing some eyelashes and some eyebrows. (laughs) Welcome to the Dishes and Destinations podcast, where we dish about the hottest travel trends, amazing food, and how one does not exist without the other. Taking you on this inspirational journey are our amazing hosts, Toya Robles, acclaimed chef and owner of The Salted Crust and Saffron Smoothie. Joined by Clavia Howard, five-star travel advisor and owner of Lazy Days Cruise and Travel. To the discerning travelers and exquisite foodies, join us in the lounge and prepare to be escorted on a voyage of exotic travel and culinary tips and highlights. Prepare for takeoff. Welcome to the Dishes and Destinations podcast. I am Toya. And I'm Clavia. And welcome. Coming to the lounge today, we have a very special guest. And I can't wait to get into it. It's summertime, which means it's hot. Yeah. What do we do a lot of in the summer? Besides drink? Eat. Oh, eat. Yeah, you're right. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) So today we have a special guest in the building. We have Big Daddy, the meat doctor, Chef Dwayne Thompson. What is going on, Chef? Welcome. Uh, What to do, what to do, what to do. Thank y'all for having me. It's going to be a great time today. We're going to podcast it up, chop it up, talk it up, and uh, see what it do. I'm appreciative of y'all uh, having me on the show. How it goes. It. All right it's now, Big good. Daddy. I know, right, Big? The meat doctor. Now, Chef, you and I, we have an established relationship. We did a Grilling 101 Q&A earlier this year, and that turned out to be great. So thank you for taking the time for being on our podcast. So let's talk about meat. Okay, let's go ahead and kick this off. In order to do anything with meat, it's all about the embers. It's all about the coal. How do you start a proper fire when you're grilling? It's a twofold question. There are grillers, there are smokers. Me personally, I am a fan of the smoking, the slow and low. You know, we like to take it slow. We like to take it low. We like to get it really, really, really in depth and have the meat with the smokehouse taste of the hickory, you know, mixed with the pecan wood. But in that manner, your grillers, you know, they made a way for you to really kind of cheat the fire start. And they have what they call a uh, a chimney, a cold chimney, which you can take your coals, sit in the chimney, start it up, and let them gain air. There's plenty of holes inside the chimney so that the coals can get air, get the fire, and they can stay lit until they are orange. And then you just dump them into the grill. That's the safest kind of best way where you don't have to really have everything smelling like lighter fluid things of that nature but <laughs> the other thing is that you can take it and put your coals into the actual grill and soak them in some lighter fluid and get you a nice little start or a, a tumbleweed as they call it and light it and, and let it go i think one of the people's greatest wrongs they do when starting a fire is rushing rushing the coals they see that big flame and think oh the fire started let me start cooking but no if I could give a fresh tip one-on-one, it would be that not only do you start the fire and you start it evenly, you make sure that you don't place anything now to get anything started until your coals are orange headed towards the gray side. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. All of this is new to me because I don't even know anything about grilling. So look, the only so. grill I know is the George Foreman grill. And I'm sure right. she's probably over there rolling his eyes like, girl, please. <laughs> <laughs> right. Chef, you mentioned coals, but some people use wood. What's the difference, charcoal versus wood? 
you can use wood in both. You can use wood in a standard grill. Generally, wood is used in a smoker just for flavor and uh, longer burns, longer lasting burns and taste. But in a grill setting, you want to what they call offset the fire where you're not really cooking directly over the fire. It's on one side or the other. And you use smaller chips in a grill versus a wood burning. A wood burning stove actually will have, or a smoker will have a separate compartment where the fire is. And it's generally pulled through the smoker by what they call reverse flow. And the air pulls the heat, the heat cooks the food, the air pulls the smoke, the smoke goes into the meat. And it's a slower process. But you can also turn a grill into a smoker by offsetting the fire, putting your fire on one side, adding some wood chips so that when they do catch, they don't burn as hot or as high as in a smoker. Because in a smoker, like I said, the fire's in an offset box to itself. So it really leaves contrast for less opportunities to burn. Although you can burn up some stuff in a smoker, you really have to be non-attentive. Whereas with a grill, cooking over the fire is much more of an attentive measure that you have to have dealing with your meat and dealing with fire. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Now I follow you on Instagram and we'll get all of your socials (laughs) and your information a little bit later so that our listeners can follow you as well. And I see that you put everything on the grill. You have ribs, chicken, you even have like some side dishes and everything on the grill. Now for you, what would be your top three proteins? Like what are your go-to? If you were having a picnic and you could only do three proteins, what would they be? I'm doing pork butts. I'm doing my world famous moist chicken breast and moist chicken breast. Moist. He said world famous moist. Okay. I think if I just had to choose because of the popularity, I would go ahead and put ribs on there. But it's a real fight between ribs, turkey legs, or whole chickens. I really like whole chicken or not. Don't sleep on the whole turkeys too. Mm. Oh, yeah. I've never seen a whole turkey on a grill. I'm going to have to send you the pictures. Yes, you're going to have to send me the pictures. Now, Chef, so that was all meat. How do you feel about seafood on the grill? I love it. And actually, I said, but see, you had me with my top three. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Seafood. Let me tell you something. Here's a secret. Here's, Here's a secret. Any protein, any meat tastes great smoked. No lie. Just that smoke, char taste of it all the way through. And with wood burning and slow smoking, you get the flavor all the way through the food, right? Mm -hmm. But if you really want to get down on the grill, there's seafood is smoked oysters are good. They're better char broad with a flame over them. Eat them quick, light them quick because they'll cook easy. They won't be as tough. But smoked salmon Mm -hmm. with a honey glaze or a barbecue honey glaze on it and shrimp. Hey, shrimp, I am the iodine master of eating too much till I have a headache type shrimp dude. So if you keep them bringing them, I'm going to keep eating you them. You keep so, eating them? <laughs> I stay away from them, but uh, shrimp don't have a chance for me on the grill. So that would be my seafood go-to salmon. But any fish smoked on the grill, you talk about grilled fish. If you uh, take any fish that you really like, smoked redfish. It's really, really good grouper flounder. But yeah, yeah. Grilling, it's a little different between grilling and smoking it because you have to be a little more careful. But, you know, there are pans and different things for that. And 
and see the boards and stuff like that. But yeah, that would be my seafood side of it. Now, there's different type of woods. You mentioned this earlier, like uh, pecan and maple. Are there certain woods that complement certain meats better? Like is, you know, maple better for chicken or is cedar good with salmon? Well, cedar, where people use cedar for salmon, it gives it a different little taste and it's easy to cook on and it's, it don't really stick to the meat. Mm-hmm. Actuality, hickory pecan is the best mix I've, I've found. The go-to is hickory. The new thing, and I say new thing, is uh, a lot of the grill masters are using oak, a, a white oak, but they're using it because it burns. It takes it burns longer, but it burns hotter. So if you want the heat, you could go with the oak. If you want the taste, hickory is my number two. Pecan is my number three. My number one is a hickory pecan, well balanced mix. And if you want some real good smoke flavor, a green hickory because it burns slow and it gives off a real, real fantastic smoke. People use cherry. I don't particularly like cherry because cherry, it has a bitter taste at the end and it kind of makes your meat dark. A lot of people go with apple. Apple is a good tenderizer. Apple is even something you could use for your, when you're injecting or marinating. But I'm not too much on the flavored woods. It just, it takes away or it adds to. But most people, if they're going to use a flavored wood, apple is a go-to. Cherry is, for those who really just like a offset towards their meat, maybe, like I said, it's a little bitter or a little, if they're using a sweeter sauce or something like that, they'll use the cherry wood to kind of offset. But other than that, you got to fight me to get me away from my hickory pecan mix. It's just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a taste that just is, remarkable i mean you know that you've been in there. and here's my secret if you eat the meat and you don't have to wash your hands three times it's not enough smoking mm, gotta keep that in mind because you know some people use liquid smoke some people use imitation things to add smoke but mm-hmm. a real good smoked meat why don't you pick up put your hands on if you have to wash your hands three times then it hasn't been smoked quite enough and there's the new thing which is the pellet grills and you know meat looks pretty on the pellet grill but they can't give you that real deep smoke taste into the meat that's interesting you know i mean i'm not a chef you know i handle the travel side of things so this is very interesting now i will show up and eat the barbecue now what was put into it i have no idea so my question big daddy is like, how did you get into this to become the meat doctor? How long have you been doing this? Just, I should have asked this in the beginning, but as I'm listening to you, I became curious because you're very knowledgeable in this. I'm like, wow. Well, I've been moseying around the kitchen since about six years old. My mother used to work two jobs, try to put me through school. I would go into private school and I would see her come home, you know, hungry and stuff like that. So I started peeling in the kitchen, fixing our breakfast, stuff like that. But I've just always taken charge of the grill as far as being in the house, being in relationships, being in marriages. You know, I kind of dibble-dabbled around the grill a lot. And then I got into this sauce manufacturing side of it. Shameless plug. You know, I have my own sauce and seasoning now. Yeah, we will talk about that later. I began to have to to understand and know what those things went on well. So the actual education part of it started later just trying to find out and trying to stay abreast or knowledgeable as competitors, you know, competition. A couple of years ago, I went to the World Food Competition where I learned a lot about 
just the process and the meat and the things that other people who really, really do competitive cooking and things of that nature have to know. At the end of the day, I would say that it's, you can overthink things. And I don't care how much you know. It's the love of the food and the love of the people's response that keeps me going in it. It's not about how much I know. It's what I know it's going to do for you when you taste it. As Nipsey Hussle used to say, you got to be able to stand 10 toes down on it. So my product, I stand 10 toes down on. My cooking, I stand 10 toes down on. True story. I was cooking something the other day and the guy was asking me, like, man, yours not, you know, how good is it? I said, well, I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to let you eat this. I said, but if you don't like it, I'm not even going to charge you for it. I said, matter of fact, if you do like it, I need you to buy it too. Needs to say he went home with three of them. So, you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> when you, when you, and it's not being braggadocious about the love in what you do, of the way people respond to the things that I have for them to present to them to eat. I love the creative side of food. So that's what really has me on the foodie side of it. I'm a creator. I try to do different things. So I did a pineapple burger with no meat, just pineapple, lettuce, tomato, stuff like that. I do a shrimp burger. I do the SpongeBob Krabby Patty. Um, these are just things that I'll put on the grill and, and, and do stuff. But I'm a real pasta head. So I, I make a smoked chicken so that, to me, is incredible. To other people, they just, they can't get with it because of the, you know, you eat pasta, you eat grilled chicken pasta, you know what I'm saying? Or baked chicken pasta. But to get that smoke flavor, with those three cheeses and that Alfredo sauce, along with those noodles and the Cajun seasoning within the noodles. So you get a, a bite of smoke, a bite of heat, and another bite of smoke. And it's like, whoa, where this come from? You smoke the cheese at the end, too. So, mm, smoke cheese. I know our listeners can't see, but I'm like nodding my head because I completely understand. It's just something about when you're cooking <laughs> with other people, it's such a personal thing. And I love the creativity of it. Now I'm more on the on the sweet side. I do d- desserts mostly. I mean, I do savory as well. But it's just the fact of sitting down and creating, coming up with something completely new, and cooking it for someone just to make them happy. I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, and it is a special feeling, especially when people are truly satisfied and the uniqueness of taste and things of that nature. By me being a grill master, people tend to kind of leave me in that, want to leave me in that realm, but I'm an actual self-taught chef. So when people come to me for catering, a lot of times I tell them, you know, the way you cater a menu, it would be too extensive to have on a sheet. What I need to know is what are you trying to create? Mm -hmm. And once you tell me what you're trying to create, what type of guests you're having, what do the food choices look like? And then tell me what your budget is. We can begin to pull out, pick through, and even get you as close as you like to get. But some things you might have overthought or some things that can be done on a smaller scale. Like I do a mini hamburger on a stick for some part of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And just with a, a pickle, a smaller piece of lettuce, and a, a small tomato on top. There'll go your hamburger, mm-hmm. you know, your mini sandwich, stuff like that. So I enjoy sitting down with clients and figuring out where they're trying to go and what they're trying to see or what they're trying to bring to life also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just setting expectations with them. Cause I found that uh, some of them just, they don't 
understand. Like you want to have a budget of, you know, $12 a person, but you want to have lobster and filet mignon. And I'm like, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. Well, part of it is the educational process. Oh, right. Because here's the thing. What people know is they know what it costs to go in the store and buy food. So their thing is, what they're telling you is, as a chef or as a person who's cooking for them, and I don't know if this is off topic, but they're telling you things of, I really just, I'm lazy and I want you to cook for me. How much is it going to take for me to cook for you? So I generally bring them down the road of, let's do it how you would do it. So you want them shrimp, right? Okay, so who's going to clean them? Who's going to peel them? Who's going to devane them? Who's going to season them? Who's going to make sure nobody them need Benadryl when they threw with them? Like, you know, that's the first part of it. Then it's the, how long it took you to go to the store? And, and you know, how much did that work to you? And then it's, how many hours did you have to prep it and cook it? And then there's certain meals that you, I don't care what you do, you have to cook them the morning of or the day of. Mm-hmm. There's some meal there's no prep for. There's no doing it ahead of time. Now, some things you can get away with ahead of time. Like me personally, I don't like chicken rewarmed for an event. Now, I'll eat it all day cold. I'll eat it redone or, or left over. But my personal, this my personal opinion is, I can taste that it's not fresh taste on it. And I don't know if it's just the refrigeration or in it that allows me to taste that, but that's one of the things that I really try to do the day of, the morning of, the, you know what I'm saying? Something like that. As close mm-hmm. to leaving out the door time as possible. Yeah. Same on the, the, desert, the dessert side. I get it. And that's how I feel about leftovers. I don't like something that's been out for a while. So, you know, I'm with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, leftovers are not bad. Now, I will tell you when you talk about leftovers, you just have to make sure that they were properly put up and that they're not. Some people say anything over three days, but there are certain foods. If you properly put it up and it's refrigerated properly, not even frozen, you could do a good seven day seven or six. days. Seven mm-hmm. days. Wow. Good to know. Yeah. It's got to be the right stuff, though. But you'll know when you pop it open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll know. And I know that, you know, in the beginning, you were talking about how to start a proper fire. So this kind of goes along with the next question. What would you consider grilling do's and don'ts? Like, yes, this must be done, but definitely avoid this at all costs. All right. Let's do the first thing that should be done. Grilling do. Do clean your grill. Like dirt miser, nasty man. Uh, <laughs> you know, I understand you think heat gonna kill everything, but I get that. But can we knock some of the gunk off before we light it up? Fire? And in all fairness to people cleaning their grills, if you light the fire, it will loosen things. It will make it easier to clean. But it's making it easier to clean, not using in substitution of cleaning. <laughs> If you don't clean it when it gets hot, then you just got a hot mess. So, yeah, one-on-one. Clean your grill, people. Like, like clean your grill. Another do is make sure that your area is clean and that your food is seasoned, people. Like, I, can I get some seasoned food on the grill, please, folks? Can I get some? <laughs> you know, and, and here's another thing. If you season properly, you don't have to marinate everything. Everything got to spend the night in the refrigerator. You just have to learn how to season food properly. Number three, a do. If you're grilling, pay attention to your grill. 
And if you're smoking, pay attention to the smoke. So I say that because there are certain foods that if you're grilling, there are certain foods that give off a lot of grease. Okay. But what happens is when the top of the grill is down and the vents are closed, fire doesn't have a chance to breathe. When you open up these grills, that's why you open your grill slowly. You don't just put the top open. You're going to be missing some eyelashes and some eyebrows. <laughs> so you grab hold of the arm or the handle, you open it slowly. So as the air gets it, it'll spread the fire to where you can see if it's too much or not. For the grill, you keep some sort of spray around to spray it down. I don't know if you've seen like a lot of the uh, incidents over the holiday, people burning down their houses, burning their decks and stuff because the grease of the fire got out of control and they couldn't handle it. And there's no water source. So a number three thing was keep a good water source nearby. Accidents happen. That's why they call them accidents. So keep a water supply by oil fire extinguisher. You don't want to lose your house trying to cook some chicken. Right. But uh, another do is be attentive. Just be attentive. If you're on a smoker, right? White smoke is good. Gray smoke is pleasant. If it's black or dark gray, something's burning. Something burning something well. And you need to find out what it is. Um, that's just factual. If you on a grill and you see flames coming out the bottom or coming out the top, the easiest way for me to explain that, unless you just let it get out of control, fire needs oxygen, needs air to burn. Cut off all the air supply to the grill, to the whatever, right? But if it's gotten too far out there, because a lot of people, now this is one of my pet peeves. Why y'all still cooking on wood decks and on front of porches with, you know, aluminum side? I don't know. Find you a safe place to grill. A safe place away from the house. Whether it's a cement place that you prepare, mm -hmm. whether it's in the grass, but away from the house. So therefore, if an accident happens, the only thing you'll lose is the grill and some meat. And not your house. And not your house, yeah, not, right. The whole deck on fire. Everybody running from the house. <laughs> All y'all scared of fire. You know what I'm saying? You're screaming. No trip. fire extinguisher. No fire extinguisher. No water supply. Y'all around here trying to throw cups of beer on the fire and all that. Come on, people. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so don't grill on wood. Talking about the decks and stuff like yes. that. Yes. I personally won't. I know a lot of people who do. But me personally, it's like an accident waiting to happen because here's a secret. And I told my wife this other day, there's a reason Smoker the Bell said don't do this in the woods, right? So I was smoking some meat the other night, right? And I got the fire up to about 270, right? I took the meat off, the fire was still hot, right? I legitimately opened the door to the smoker and soaked the wood. I'm talking about soaked. No fire, all smoke. Close the door, put the heat, put the, the door valve down, cut off the air to it. Went inside, came back outside, dressed to go somewhere. It's smoking again. So wood happens, it traps smoke. If you ever see a firefighter, you be like, they ain't had to put all that water in the people's house. Yes, they did. Because it's called hot spot and it's smoldering. Mm -hmm. Fire will smolder in wood. And when it gets enough oxygen, it'll pop back up and light back up. So initially you think it's out, but the inside of that wood is just smoldering and it's just trying to, it's like running out of air and you grasp it for breath 
that wood is looking for breath, and as that air goes in, and that's why firefighters soak and drench houses the way that they do and stay out so long to make sure that the fire doesn't reoccur. Same it is with your grill. And that's why they tell you to utilize 10 garbage cans to extinguish your fire or your wood stuff so that it has a place. If it does ignite back, it'll be in something that won't catch fire or spread. So that's another do to make sure you have you a safe and nice place to get rid of your coal or your ashes or something like that, or mm-hmm. that you make sure that they're really out and out, out, you know, that would be another do. Yeah. You mentioned uh, firefighters. I just want to interject this story because, you know, one don't is don't grill in apartment complexes because my neighbor downstairs, he decided he want to grill on the 4th of July, done had the whole side of the building smoked up. The fire department came, his sprinklers went off. So his apartment is ruined. The fire department came twice. Wow. So don't grill in apartments, especially when we have picnic areas and a pool with grills already there for you. So, yes. Yeah, it happens because some people are <laughs> yes. just like, still a little salty. Okay. Sound, sound a little salty. Just a yeah. little just, sound pink, just, just a little, just a oh. little salty pepperish. And speaking of salty pepperish, chef, you have a sauce line and a seasoning line, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Tell us about it. I know it goes on anything. I have a bottle. It is amazing on pork. But tell us a little bit about your sauces and your seasonings. All right. So the name of the sauce is Big Daddy Bomb Barbecue Sauce, which really doesn't do the uh, sauce justice. It's more of a cooking sauce than it is a barbecue sauce. And I say that because (laughs) at the end of the day, it's a little sweet with a little heat, but it doesn't have that overwhelming mesquite taste to it. So that's why it goes on anything and in everything because it actually the flavor enhancer. True story. Once when I created it, I wanted to name it a cooking sauce, but there was no real genre for cooking sauce. So I decided to go into the barbecue realm. And six months later, I went into a store to put my sauce on the shelf, and I seen a whole area for cooking sauce. So cooking sauces. Oh man. The way my bank account was set up, I was all putting <laughs> on the barbecue side, so I had to stay there. Uh, so to complement sauce, I came up with a seasoning, which is called Big Daddy, my Big Daddy Shaking Rub. And it's an all-purpose seasoning that doubles as a rub. So if you're going to grill, if you put a binder on your meat and put this on there, it turns into a rub. It sticks to the meat, turns into a rub for grilling. But if you're just cooking in the kitchen, it's actually an all-purpose seasoning, low in sodium, high in flavor all herbs and spices across the board with just a tad bit of heat, not too much. Just a little sprinkle of heat, you know? So, nice. yeah. Yes. And if someone wanted to get your sauces, how can they find you? You know, I'm easy to be found. It's uh, www.bigdaddybomb.com. www.bigdaddybomb.com, you know? Mm-hmm. This is my site. Uh, I got some merchandise on there, too. I just released two new shirts. Oh, you did? Yeah, one of the shirts says, Boston Bud is the only other butt my wife will let me rub. Cute <laughs> shirt. It's a real cute shirt. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Pull it up. You got to just put up there. Go to my website, pull it up. Go see it. <laughs> now, can they get to your Instagram and your Facebook from your website? They can. All my social media is BD BBQ Sauce. At BD like Big Daddy, 
BD BBQ sauce. So BD BBQ sauce. And you find me everywhere. I'm all over the place. I TikTok, I Instagram, I Facebook. I even, with the mother cheering be doing, I even snapped for a while, you know, but. Oh, Snapchat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I tweeted for a little bit too. Yeah, I'm not there yet. But yes, I follow you. I look at your pull out the bone meets all your videos and stuff like that. Now you have taco Tuesdays, is it? Yeah, I had taco Tuesdays. I, um, I was doing some tacos and stuff like that, but there's a, a lady who was doing them before I was doing them at the play. I was doing them and I just, I'm not into the compete thing. Mm. So she came back. So I let her have the night, but actually, like I said, once again, I'm a chef. So it was just a, to give them something. It was a taco bowl Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Instead of Taco Tuesday, like a Taco Bowl. But in my um, true humbleness, I make a mean quesadilla and fold the taco. So I've been thinking about buying me a, um, a flat grill and going out there and really showing my skills. But I have a lot of friends who do tacos and things of that nature. So I don't try to get in on what he had. You know, I have a friend that does turkey leg. I do a mean turkey leg, but he's called, his business called Oh My Turkey Leg. So I let him get his hustle on, do what he want. When I want a turkey leg, I just go to him and get just it. Just go to him and get it. It's simply amazing. Nice. Now, are your products can be found in grocery stores as well? Locally, yeah. Several uh, stores. There's a chain here called Piggly Wiggly. People always want to know, well, why you're not in this chain or that chain? If that chain spends millions of dollars to have a yellow ball bouncing around the TV talking about the low price leader, <laughs> I'm not the place for that chain. I love the chain, but I'm not the place for it. So right. you know, I, I try to be in specialty stores, boutique, stuff like, like that. And I just let people order online. So I opened up my own online store and uh, we just go from there. I even left the uh, prime people alone too. You don't want to hear my soapbox on that one. But yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now to add a little travel aspect to this and just to have your opinion. What cities in the United States do you think has some of the best barbecue <laughs> that you've experienced? Well, now that I live in Birmingham or outside of Birmingham, Birmingham definitely does. Okay. Um, <laughs> people that are known for barbecue, Texas, yep. beef barbecue, Nashville, Memphis, mm-hmm. and Kansas City. Those okay. are, you visit those places, you want to eat barbecue. Now, all of them have their own style style of barbecue, and they have their own style of sauce. Birmingham is actually being known for white sauce. That's something that they're creating here, a real genre or something that they're pulling on. Memphis and Carolinas, or the Carolinas. The Carolinas. Yeah, Carolina sauce is kind of loose, kind of vinegary, kind of wet. You know, and then Kansas City. The best barbecue come from Kansas City and Memphis in May. The biggest barbecue day that there is out there, Memphis in May. So, but Texas really think they got a handle on since it's beef country. They really think that their brisket and their beef ribs are where it is. You know, I forgot you was down there. Lady. I mean, <laughs> but they say everything big come in Texas, and you're kind of not so big. So I'll be forgetting you're in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I still love you, Chef. It's all good. I love you more. Which sauce is mustard-based? Is that the Carolinas that has that yellow mustard-based sauce? Barbecue sauce? Okay, barbecue. Barbecue sauce. Carolinas, though, they do a lot of mustard-based up there. Like I said, Memphis, 
and they do a lot of vinegar base. Mm-hmm. Now, me personally, I can't get with the vinegar, but uh, me either. You know, it is what it is. I'm supposed to love it. The one thing about sauce and people like dressing, you're gonna like what you like, you're gonna love what you love. Now, here's a true story about me Bobby being a grill master and being a chef. A lot of times, people want to eat my food with no sauce. I'm like, but I'm a sauce grill. So I also make sure that my sauce is more of a condiment uh, side. You can dip it. It doesn't have to be cooked on your meat. Some people use sauce to cover up the taste of meat, though, how well they do in the cooking aspect of the meat. This sauce is not for that. This sauce is a dipping sauce, something for you to put your fries in and your meat in or whatever, you know, sit on the side. But it's it's always kind of complimentary and disheartening when somebody eats your food and tell you, oh, you don't need no sauce for this. Well, I make seasoning now, so it's seasoned with the seasoning. Buy something. <laughs> so that's what it is. I'm sorry. That's what it is. <laughs> it is. Toya, you know what this means now. You know, every time we have an episode that just brings up a trip in our head. Now we need to do some sort of barbecue tour. I know. Yeah. First off, Birmingham, hey, Alabama. We need to stop in Birmingham and see the meat doctor. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. The meat doctor will check your have it ready for you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but nice. you know, that's bad. So what else do we need to know? That was it, Chef. To you, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us today, sharing your knowledge of the grill of meats, the do's yes. and the don'ts, the charcoals and the woods. We appreciate you so much. One more time for anybody that's listening, where can they find you? Hey, find me on all the social media platforms at B D, as in Big Daddy, BBQ Sauce, <laughs> BD BBQ Sauce. You put it in, and I'm gonna pop up. You know what I'm saying? Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. All right. Well, thank you guys so much thank for joining you. us in the lounge today. Thank you, Chef. I hope you go out there and grill with these tips that the meat doctor has listened, has given to us today. Again, I am Toya. And I'm Clavia. And until the next episode. See you later. Later. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. If you enjoyed listening, please rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. Stay connected with us on Facebook and our website at dishesanddestinations.com. That's dishes, the letter N, destinations. Until next time, taste life and travel often.